Hi, my name is Yasmin Cherehi, and this is Startup Confessionals, where we interview startup founders and entrepreneurs in the Middle East and Africa. We'll learn about some of the biggest lessons these founders discovered on their journey, from the personal to the professional, and share how they keep themselves motivated. In this episode with Nadine Karadag, we will learn about her search for good health and well-being, which led her to launch Vileo, the latest startup in Dubai's health technology space. This app promises its users a simple, personalized solution that allows them to schedule health tests, receive detailed results, and get well-rounded support from the best international well-being experts, all from the comfort of their own homes. Welcome to the show, Nadine. It's so lovely to have you on. Thank you, Yasmin. So lovely to be here. Yeah, likewise. And Nadine, can you kick it off and tell us um, in your words and in your perspective what the value proposition is for Vallejo? Yes, sure. I mean, Vallejo was born uh, out of a personal struggle. I would say I come from a background that is in finance and private equity, so I really took the leap uh, to the health tech, well-being tech, knowing that there's really a gap in the market. Um, to tell you a bit of where the struggle came, uh, I, I found myself at a very young age uh, with a lot of responsibilities and a very highly stressful job, which led to being sick and going to doctors, uh, being diagnosed with a couple of like pre-exist, pre-chronic uh, diseases. I was 27 at that time. So the medical world, the healthcare world, did their job of diagnosing me, giving me my medication. But on the other hand, nobody asked me, okay, are you, do you have a stressful job? Uh, what are you eating? How are you moving? And then um, out of curiosity and me wanting to feel better, uh, I started meeting with uh, different nutritionists, dietitians, functional medicine. I mean, you know, when you're desperate and you're not feeling well, you're really are going for trying out as many things as possible. So I would went to London, New York, LA. And it was, you know, two sides of it. Either you're paying a lot of money and taking a lot of supplements and eating like, you know, they, they cut you off all foods or you're talking to like people that are very, have very basic training. And while going through that journey, I met uh, my health coach right now, Jamie, who's also one of the co-founders of Valio. And it was like a two-year journey where I got to know myself, my body. I tested my blood test all the time. My biomarkers understood my trends. And with him, I managed to go from, let's say, being pre-diabetic, pre-arthritis, to climbing a mountain in Kyrgyzstan. Um, so just living that experience and seeing what was the gap in the market, we launched, uh, Valeo. So Valeo act, the value proposition of Valeo is to make it very convenient, impactful, customized, and affordable to take care of yourself. Wow. That is quite the journey, Nadine. Um, wow. I love that you transform your life. Um, and also want to provide this access to so many people. So can you talk a little bit more about the product itself? So um, you, you talk about how you were able to see your biomarkers and, sable, and able to see uh, how your, I guess, like uh, 
uh, blood test results look like? So is that what you're, you're sort of tracking the health data for people individually, or do you make it easy for them to access things like taking blood tests? Um, which is so funny because a lot of people almost never do that, but it's such an important part of, you know, understanding your health in real time. Um, so yeah, so I'm just curious, like how does the app actually work? Like if I was to go in today and, you know, you could talk about it even, um, at a, at, at, at a more future state, uh, you know, at version two, what you plan for the app to be as well. Sure. I mean, we, we want the app to definitely be a, a 360 comprehensive well-being solution in your pocket itself. So everything that has to do with your well-being, you'll be able to access it through value and to add credibility to that, right? I mean, to be let's be honest with ourselves, like the world's the word well-being could sound very fluffy. And that's where we see the opportunity, right? We want to add credibility to, to that. You know, finding safe, well thought out, scientifically based lifestyle education from a t- trusted health coach is currently extremely hard, but we all know that also receiving the right advice at the right time can change your life. So with value, that's what we want to bring to you. And how is that done? And we really believe it's about bringing data and well-being together. And the data means your body is data. I find it very interesting when people say, I went for my yearly health check. It's like, your yearly health check is actually a snapshot of your body at that day that you took that health check, right? But your body changes 365 days. Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, whatever picture you took of your body at that time remains like that for the whole year. So one of the things we want to bring is to make it very easy to test your body, to test. I mean, how you know you have the wearables now? People, uh, you know, I would say... Two years ago, if you told somebody how many steps you took today, you'll be like, uh, I don't know, you know? And then now it's like everybody can tell you to the dot, like I took 10,500 steps today. So I guess what we what we see is that in the future, people will know that, okay, my vitamin D levels are at this level and this is my trend. And I feel my best when my vitamin D level is at that level. And uh, so... So it's all about putting the data and well-being together. This is, I would say, our vision. But right now, what you can do is you can download the app, Valio, on Apple or on Android. And we have the testing part of it. So you can, we've got different packages of blood tests. We've also launched currently food intolerance tests. And we will be launching on a monthly basis, a couple of different packages, educating people on what do t- these tests do. And it's very convenient. So you you buy it on the app, the nurse comes to your house, they do the test, then you receive it on the app digitally. So you have your dashboard uh, of all your biomarkers. There are different levels. Uh, each Each biomarker is explained. And it's what we explain is more the lifestyle. So how does this biomarker affect your lifestyle? And how can you improve it with lifestyle changes? So everything that is non-medical, how can you change it with food? How can you change it with supplements? Um, Or how can you change it with even your lifestyle? So vitamin D could be uh, um, out in the sun. And the other part of the app is the coaching section. So uh, we've we've actually uh, connected some of the best well-being coaches from all around the world. 
on the app. So so you can have, a, let's say, a three-month, six-month, or a 12-month subscription to them. And you'll be able to chat with them and also um, uh, video. Uh, so you'll have Zoom calls every two weeks. Wow. And is this available only in Dubai right now? Right now, yes, only in the UAE. But of course, we have plans to expand further. Ah, oh, got it. Okay. Wow, fascinating. I love I love the idea of being able to analyze your data and really understand trends because that I think is the key part. Like, how does how does it compare to the last month and the month before that, as opposed to yearly, which is something I think a lot of people don't even do yearly checkups. So. Yeah, it's um, it's so fu- funny that we're like we track almost everything in our life except our own health. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean that that's what's funny, right? I mean your well being, the way you sleep, the way you feel, the way your stomach feels, um, is so important. But it, it, that part of it, the market itself, is so still untapped and not you know you you can It's very hard to find credible. Uh, trusted brand. So that's what Valeo wants to bring. Yeah. You know, and I think what's interesting is that, you know, at least uh, in the West, and I imagine it's probably similar um, in your region, it feels like uh, preventative care is not given as much weight, like until something, of course, tragic happens. And so I think like it's the mindset shift. Like I think people are also starting to realize that, especially after the pandemic, like taking care of yourself is really important, right? You want a very good immune system. So yeah, I'm just, you know, curious um, how the, I guess, philosophy towards preventative care and well-being is received in the region. And do you think there, because I think in some cases when you're creating a product, there needs to be like an education shift as well as a like a product created, like if, you know, people just need to be aware of, of how important this is. Cause I think there's in, you know, in the, in the U S it feels like there's like some pockets and circles who believe in, in preventative care, but it just generally feels like a lot of people are not putting a lot of, um, attention, time and resources into prevention. So I'm just, yeah, curious, you know, how that's perceived in the middle East right now. Definitely pre-COVID, I would say Valeo would have been a much harder sale. I guess, you know, sometimes from bad, bad things, good things happen. But I guess one thing the pandemic taught us is just to understand our bodies, right? I mean, immunity as a word or vitamin D or, you know, zinc, you know, all these things, nobody really took care of it or vitamin C. But then after the pandemic, everybody's like, what's my vitamin D level? I should take zinc supplements. I should take vitamin C supplements. So definitely it's brought that to the discussion. Uh, PwC actually did a survey in the Middle East. And almost over 80% of the people have up their focus on mental health and well-being. And when we looked at like the online sales what we all know that during COVID online sales increased but the highest growth actually came from fitness and wellness with seven there was a 76 percent jump so the numbers show that you know people are more curious about their well-being people want to give it more time people are spending more money on it and I think always shifts happen from the consumer right preventive health unfortunately has been something in healthcare that it's something that is good to have. Um, 
But if you look at the research and if you look at the statistics, there was actually a research done at the university in in U.S., not in the Middle East. But it found that patients uh, that had a health coach helping them saved around $412 per patient per month. I mean, multiply that with the number of people. It's, It's unbelievable. It's just that right now the discussion has started. So um, I do hope in a couple of years, preventive health uh, will be more something that is like water and air, like something that we need. And one more thing is before, you know, people lived on average till they were 70, 80, and now people are living till 90, 100. So even the discussion on longevity, on all this half started because people don't want to live 100 Till 100, but being sick from 70 to 100, right? So people actually want to have a higher quality of life. And the only way you can do that is by preventing diseases. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious if your tests also include things like uh, COVID testing. Uh, no, not right now. We might uh, start with COVID testing. We will actually launch a a COVID recovery package. So it's more focused on people that have, let's say, gotten COVID or even people that have really gotten a hit during the pandemic on their health, just sitting at home, eating a lot, not moving enough. So we will be launching packages that are related to COVID and recovery. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. I actually read a stat that, uh, in the U S on average, Americans gained about 16 pounds during the pandemic, Mm. uh, per person. So yeah, I think a lot of people probably, you know, had no option, uh, to work out or to, you know, take care of themselves in that way. So I love, I love that you're offering that. And of course, you know, it has like these long-term, um, implications, right? Like everyone who's, who's gotten COVID, I think is, is struggling at some level, right? Like there could be some residue, even if it's like very, very small, uh, it, it shows up right in the long term. So, um, I think that's great. Definitely. Yeah. yeah I think that's great. So Nadine, I want to talk a little bit about how your priorities are shifting, um, after you got your round of funding, you know, what was that like? And can you talk to us about what it's like to actually get, uh, a round of funding as a new founder? Yes, um, it's definitely for us. It's it was an adventure, and we're we you know we raised three million dollars. Sandeep and I, my co-founder, uh, he comes from a startup background, so this would be Valeo is his uh, fourth startup. He's launched uh, Lazada uh, in Indonesia, where he sold it to Alibaba, and then launched uh, two uh, other startups that were also successful. So. Valio is his fourth uh, baby. So I always tell him, don't forget, mm-hmm. Valio is your fourth baby and it's my first baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> so first baby is always different than the fourth baby. Um, so I, so to talk about Sandeep, so I met him in INSEAD during the MBA and we've, ha- we've been friends for almost 10 years. And we, we had this tradition that him and I would meet every Thursday, 8 a.m. Uh, for breakfast because... He travels a lot. I used to travel. So it was a way for us to just catch up, talk about work. And we always knew we wanted to do something together. Uh, so we would always, like that 8 a.m., it was an hour of us just having coffee and discussing ideas. And he actually got COVID. 
and his his health really took a hit. So I put him in touch with the health coach, and you know he he his health also got better, and he understood the importance of a health coach and testing. And then his wife too got uh, in touch with a health coach and was testing at the same time. And then we're like, you know what? This is the gap in the market. You know, this is what we need. There's nowhere that we can find the solution. So during COVID, we started working on it because we're, you know we're all working from home and it's at night and evening and you have nothing to do. So we just work on it. And basically, we had the prototype product. Um, and, you know, we started talking to investors. I come from an investment background. Sandeep, this is his fourth startup. So he's dealt and he's pitched to investors. So he already had investors that had previously invested in his startups. So we talked to our network and, um, you know, we, we, you know, when, you, when you're talking to your co-founder or when, you know, when you're building an idea and building a product, you're always like tapping each other in the back and super excited about it. But then when you go to the market and you start pitching it, definitely realize, you know what, maybe, you know, there are some things we didn't, uh, we didn't like take care of. But the more we pitch, the more we realize, no, I mean, there's really a strong idea here. And that's what Sandeep would say, like Nadine, if we've been this long working on it and we still believe in it, it means it's a great idea. And with all pitching in the beginning, we honestly pitched to whoever wanted to listen to us. Like whoever wants to listen to us, we're there. You know, we're pitching to them. And it was during COVID. So everyone is home. It's just a Zoom call. So we were like on a roll. Um, like, yeah, I was on a roll. Like I was pitching to my friends right and left too. And they'd be like, Nadine, <laughs> you know, you're not in a pitch. But I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> but to go back to the uh, subject on uh fundraising i would say uh sandeep's network of coming from startup selling successfully already uh, a company to alibaba definitely played a huge role when we were pitching because it's all about it's, it's basically about the co-founders and the idea you're pitching and for me too coming from an investment background uh you know knowing how to pitch having the network it really helped and i always say in these you know, to Sandeep, uh, when we when we raised the three million and we're like, wow, it happened in almost three, four months. And he's like, we're talking about it and we're like, wow, I can't believe we closed in three, four months. And I told him, I'm like, if you think about it, every person that we pitched to and that put money in us, we've known them for a while. You've known them for a while or I've known them for a while. So we actually have been pitching this for years, but the actual money came now. And yeah, so that was for us the experience. Wow. I love that. I love that you said that we've been pitching this for years. And I think in some sense, like we're always, you know, meeting people in our network that will remember us if we do start a company later anyways, right? There's always this this relationship building dynamic that doesn't just like happen one day when you're like, oh, I have a great idea. Let me go find someone to talk to about it. So exactly. That's yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. I, I wow. think uh a part of um, like not to sound I, I do think everything is also business but there's you know the the life or coincidences that happen you realize like the people you meet at a certain time the experiences you have at a certain time all gets together at the right time and you know 
so I guess with Valio, we felt like just all the cards were at the plate at the right time. I love that. And I actually want to go back to the comment you made before uh, starting the company with, uh, remind me your co-founder's co name? Sandeep. 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 Okay. Yeah. And you said that every Thursday we would meet at 8 a.m. and have breakfast and you knew you wanted to work on something together. So I'm just curious, like, how did you transition from it being a dream or an idea? Like, Because I, I think a lot of people say that like, oh, we, sh we, we should start something together one day. Like there's a lot of like talented people that come together with different skill sets who always have these dreams. But how did you transition that dream into a reality? Was it the idea? Was it the actual business plan and concept? Um, or, or was it sort of the timing? I think... Uh, definitely, for example, Valeo was not the first idea I had. I always wanted to set up something and I've always thought a million on one ideas. Uh, I think with Valeo, it was more, and as Sandeep says, is, is just that the more we spoke about it, the more we talked about it, the more we researched on it, the more we started seeing the prototype and the more we believed in it. So it was actually, I wouldn't say that day one, we believed so much in it. And then today we believe less in it. I would say day one, maybe we believed less in it. And today we believe even more in it. And the whole, the whole COVID thing, the post COVID thing with people just becoming more curious about their well-being, wanting it to be convenient at home. So nobody really wants to go to a hospital or a clinic to give their blood right now. So people have become more comfortable of having a nurse coming home, getting their blood. And also people realizing that they want something that's customized to them. So it's not anymore a one size fits all advice. It's like, okay, I want to understand how my body reacts to things. So I do think the, the idea itself also has to, has to survive all these ups and downs of life. Right, right. Oh, I love that. Um, and Nadine, I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges you might have faced on this journey. And of course, I know you guys are on the earlier side of of the launch, right? So maybe we should have you on the show next year and we can talk about <laughs> the challenges. I'll be like a whole other human being. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, for the audience, we actually, before we started this conversation, we were jokingly saying, you know, that a day is like a month and a month is like a year in startup yeah. life. So yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm curious um, if you feel like there have been challenges uh, and what you think building a startup means in terms of sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Nice question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, like I said, I, I would say we've been uh, the last three months uh, full on, full time working on them since we closed our uh, round. So for me, fundraising was something that I'm used to. Pitching is something I'm used to. Answering investor questions is something I'm used to because that's what I was doing previously. But I would say it's been three months of just running operations and starting up, hiring a team. Um, and definitely the last three months, like, feel like, uh, you know, three years, I would say, in terms of experience, in terms of challenges, uh, the ups and downs. Um, what I would say about starting up your own thing is, yes, there are sacrifices, um, there are things 
you you might sacrifice time with family you might have to sacrifice you know any kind of personal time too but for me just the joy of working through a vision that we all believe in me my co-founder my team uh i think that's what keeps us strong and excited i mean i'm super excited to go to work every day you know i'm super excited to meet with the team to talk about the challenges to find solutions is it hard it's extremely hard but it's so rewarding it's so empowering um and it's so humbling like one i have i have a really close group of friends who, who are all uh, female entrepreneurs and one friend of mine she's like yeah i get you know i thought like i'm like what advice would you give a new entrepreneur and i thought like she'll tell me something that is uh, you know uh, you know that will make me feel better and she said just be ready to like beg people you know just be ready to be humble and i'm like oh, what does she mean you know and now once you're in it so you can go from like uh, being the delivery girl, you know, like delivering the product to the customer to like, uh, you know, talking to a bank uh, to trying to get a sales pitch going. So um, I would say it's a very humbling experience, definitely. And how do you deal with challenges that you don't have the answers to? Like, how do you navigate that? Do you, is there something that you do to sort of keep you, um, what's the word grounded or emotionally balanced and stable? Cause I think, I think that's the, the, the question that also comes up a lot when people have to deal with these, like you said, situations from talking to the bank about something or hiring new people and, and, you know, where do you, how do you kind of stay grounded uh, through that? Do you have any kind of techniques uh, or do you feel like you've done a lot of that kind of work, um, you know, in, our, in earlier scenarios in life? I think there are two sides to this. The first side is definitely the experience part of it. So if I did the same thing 10 years ago, I would be, I mean, crumbling right now in terms of stress or uncertainty. But of course, the experience you come with in your career, the ups and downs. So I went from, you know, running a construction company that we had major cash flow problems where I had to negotiate with suppliers, bankers, employees, um, to having very difficult investor meetings previously in my career. So, of course, the experience of that just makes you more rigid, like have a have a thicker skin so you do realize that you know it's not going to all hell you know break hell loose i don't know what the expression actually it's all not going to all loose, yeah. exactly that one you know you you know you you sort of have a faith that things will work out if you work hard and that comes from experience uh the other part of it and you know when we were setting the vision uh, with the team am i one of my a motto in life is uh, you have to be comfortable with the uncertainty around you. Meaning, uh, if you want to grow, if you want to create in this life, you have to go through uncertain times. So if you feel balance and comfort, even in uncertain times, then that's how you will be able to create. Um, so definitely, I mean, the uncertainty you feel on a daily basis is very high, but 
you work hard, you're curious, you, you know, you trust your team, you trust your idea, and you'll find the balance through it. And the third of it is also it's in our values as Valeo is to take care of somebody or for us to take care of our users and their well-being, we have to take care of our own well-being. So our health coaches actually also work with our employees to make sure that each one is learning about their body, learning about themselves and trying to live a healthier life. And with me, for example, after all these years, I do have, for example, uh, meditation. It's extremely important on a, every morning I wake up, I set my intention for the day. I meditate, I stretch, um, I eat very clean, I sleep a lot. So sleep is uh, extremely important. I would I try to have seven, eight hours of sleep per night. Uh, and of course, work with my health coach uh, always. And especially the last three months, I knew that we had just launched. I knew I needed to be strong physically and mentally. So my focus was either Valeo or me as a, you know, my physical and mental health. Mm, wow. That's so empowering and so beautiful. And I love that you are, everyone internally is using the product. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. We don't want to have yeah. burnt out employees for a well-being company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just so you're walking your talk. I love mm, that. Mm. Um well, so Nadine, we are wrapping up. Uh, we've come to time, but I wanted to, you know, and I feel like we could talk for hours because um, I, I also genuinely love the well-being space, and I also am very curious to learn more about your journey. So we'll have to have you back on the show, uh, maybe sure. after some more time has passed. <laughs> maybe a uh, success so story. A yes, the maybe version two of the product or version three of the product as well. Uh, but before we wrap up, I wanted to ask what book you are either reading right now or what book has left an impression on you? Mm. Um, what, what I'm reading right now, I would say uh, I'm reading a book called Hooked, which is about how you can you know, create a product or what are the important features in a product to hook the user. Um, that's more, I always have a business book and a, like a personal book I'm reading. And right now, the business book I'm reading uh, is that one. And I listen to podcasts, always listen to your podcast, other, you know, how I built this, uh, Master of Scale. Just, you know, I feel there's so much information out there and people that have experienced things, you know, are genuinely putting it out there. So listening to them has always been very helpful. Um, and in terms of a personal book that, really shifted me, I would say uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. So coming from now being a, a founder of a well-being app, I think um, definitely I feel that book shifted me as a person and the way I see the world. Mm, amen. I love that book too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he is great. Yes, yes. It's so interesting how once you change your orientation and perspective, you can just have this incredibly, uh, you know, higher range of awareness, you know, and, and seeing how patterns come together, how people, you know, act, what they need, um, getting connected to your intuition. I think Eckhart Tolle is like a, a powerhouse um, when it comes to that. So thank you so much, Nadine. And where can people find you? Where can they find 
uh, more information about Vallejo? Where can they connect with you? Sure, definitely on LinkedIn. So please add me uh, uh, on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to connect and download our app. We're on the App Store and the Android Store and just write Vallejo Wellbeing, V-A-L-E-O, and download. Excellent. And what, do you have any uh, plans for expansion outside of UAE for the remaining of 2021 or still TBD? I think 2021, um, maybe not, but 2022, beginning of 2022, definitely. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, great. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for your time and for our audience. Thanks for joining and for listening to Startup Confessionals. <laughs>